1: Welcome to the podcast about investing in startups, where existing investors can learn how to get the best deal possible. And those that have never before invested in startups can learn the keys to success from the venture experts. Your host is Nick Moran, and this is The Full Ratchet.
0: Welcome to another special release of Investor Stories. On this installment, the experts discuss a startup that they did invest in, what the key factors were that led to yes, and how that investment has worked out. Here's the segment called Why I Invested. For this installment of Why I Invested, we have Imran Ahmad of OTA Ventures. Imran, can you walk us through a situation where you did decide to invest, what the key factors were that led you to yes, and how that investment has worked out so far?
2: Sure. So I'm going to talk about one of our early stage seed companies that we invested in called Pangea Payment. So Pangea is a company here based out in Chicago. It's focused on the global remittance marketplace. So right away, global remittance, huge, huge market. And that's really what you look for first and foremost outside the management team when you evaluate a business is is the market a big, big market? And Pangea has a unique approach in that it's focused on the 27% of the American population that is either unbanked or underbanked. Mm-hmm. So there are a lot of people in need of these services that are forced to flock towards Western Union and MoneyGram, which are charging an arm and a leg, have very distinct brick and mortar presencies. And Pangea has created a software system that essentially disrupts that. They're leveraging the prepayment debit lines that are used at most stores. So if you go to a Walgreens today or if you go to a CVS today, you'll always see a gift card rack. They are basically using that prepaid gift card rack to enable transfer of money cross-border to your cousin in Mexico. And they're doing it at small dollar amounts and they don't have to spend the infrastructure and they don't have to spend the millions of dollars that it took Western Union and MoneyGram to build out their brick-and-mortar presences. And they're just leveraging the thousands of retail stores that are already out there that are working with people who only deal in cash. So their software system is a disruptive play. You've got two, maybe five at the very most big entrenched players in that space who are, you know, there's a reason they're called entrenched. They're Mm -hmm. not moving in the the right direction to fit consumers' needs. They've got a little bit of an innovator's dilemma in which they've already spent and invested so much money on building out their brick-and-mortar presences that they uh, they can't afford to disintermediate their own broker's their yep. own people doing it. So I think Pangea is a great company. We'll see. You know, it's early stage, but uh, I have a lot of promise for it. They've recruited a phenomenal board of investors and board of directors, including a head of payments from Walmart, a board member from Walgreens, the one of the initial backers of First Data slash MoneyGram. So I think it's going to do fairly well, but we're still in the early stages.
0: On today's special segment, we have David S. Rose. David, can you walk us through a situation where you did decide to invest, what the key factors were that led you to yes, and how that investment has worked out so far?
1: Sure. One of the interesting companies I'm involved with right now is called Social Bicycles. And this is a company in the bike sharing space. I first saw this company when the CEO, Ryan Respecki, presented a tech demo at the New York Tech Meetup. Which is the centerpiece for the New York City technology uh, community. It's got 45,000 members and uh, they meet once a month or at least as many of them can fit into an auditorium at NYU and hear about uh, 10 or 12 demos from people, very short demos. And so Ryan presented a sort of a demo, almost a prototype of a company called Social Bicycles, which was a third generation bike sharing system. What you ask is a third-generation bike-sharing system. Well, the first-generation bike-sharing systems were literally bikes that were without a padlock, and you'd lock it up somewhere, and you come and get a key and, and unlock it and relock it. The second-generation bike share systems are what you now see in the major cities around the world, in New York and Paris and places like that. These have what are called smart hubs. Uh, so the bike uh, automatically locks into a hub. You go up to the hub. You uh, either, you know, put in a credit card or you have a, a special um, uh, reader key and put it in. You take out the bike and you ride it to another hub and then you lock it back into the hub where it goes back into the system.
0: Yep. Right. This is called Divi here in Chicago.
1: Yep. Absolutely. So that's the second generation bike share system. So Ryan's idea for Sobe, Social Bicycles, was a third generation bike share system, which takes the smarts out of the hub and puts it on, a, on the bike itself. So instead of having smart hubs, you have smart bikes. Now, what does that mean? Well, that means you have the locking system, instead of being in the hub, is on the bike itself. It's got a built-in automatic lock. The computer is on the bike. The bike's got 4G. The bike's got GPS. The bike's got all the controls to connect directly and specifically with the cloud. So now you can pull out your Sobe application, find out where the, where the nearest bike is to you, even if it's not in a hub. Say, okay, I want to reserve the bike. And then walk over to the bike and punch in your code and unlock the bike. Put the you know rest the lock on the bike itself as a little holder for it. Go to wherever you're going to pedal to, and then lock the bike back up to a standard bike rack or a hub if it happens to be nearby. And you're back in business. That's cool. And so what that effectively has done is to turn a physical bike instead of relying on hubs and a whole infrastructure system, it turns a bike into a digital object because now that effectively the cloud can control the bike. That means you can do things like congestion pricing. You can do things like, oh, we've got too many bikes downtown. we got to get them uptown. So, hey, bikes today are now free. And if you pick them up uptown, <laughs> ride them downtown. But, you know, more expensive if you buy them downtown go uptown. You can track individual you know, through the GPS where people are actually riding their bikes and what the traffic patterns are and so on. Very, very helpful for communities and for biking. And, and, and so uh, anyway, so I thought this was absolutely uh, the coolest idea I'd ever seen because my background even before angel investing was as an urban planner and I thought Ryan was very impressive, so I sort of raced downstairs, I was in the balcony, I raced downstairs and grabbed him, uh, literally, as he walked out you know, with the auditorium and said, okay, I've got to invest in this deal. <laughs> not, not, not exactly the way that an angel should be negotiating a deal, but, I, but I, I thought he was appealing and I thought the idea was brilliant and really leveraged all the stuff I've been doing at Singularity University and elsewhere in terms of a next generation um, system. Uh, at Singularity U, my very first group that I was a mentor for, I mean, our first year's program was Get Around, the California a car rented company that does the same kind of thing with with cars and smartphone apps and so uh, f- after being looking slightly askance at this crazy guy who just raced down and jumped on top of him eventually he let me invest i, I led the deal he uh, did it as a new york angels uh, investment um and uh, they went into production and then uh, they began to he began to get some traction and began to raise additional cash uh, he then lucked out into sos ventures This is a uh, really cool venture fund led by uh, Sean O'Sullivan that actually now sponsors a whole lot of accelerator programs around the world. Uh, And so SOS Ventures uh, came in uh, with a big chunk of cash. And so um, the board now consists, the outside directors are are me uh, and Brad Higgins from SOS Ventures, who was um, formerly like CTO of the State Department, I mean, he's a CFO of the State Department, amazing guy. And then, just to you know, so let's see, they have a an angel, they ha- they have an angel, they have an angel group, they have a VC, and they went in a round, a round out their <laughs> their sourcing. So uh, we did another round with our crowd, the online platform, primarily out of Israel, but doing some really interesting stuff, uh, and making sure. nearly a million bucks from our crowd. So here, so so now, as the perfect poster child for a for a scrappy startup, they've raised on the platform, a VC, an angel group, <laughs> and individual angels, and the company has been executing amazingly well. I mean, they've now got bike share systems uh, all around the country, and actually North America, from including Hamilton, Ontario, Long Beach, both Long Beach, New York, and Long Beach, uh, California. They've got, you know, uh, very, and the system is working. It does everything it's cracked up to be. Um, it routinely is now, I think they're the, the third largest bike share provider in the, in the country at this point. They've built a great team, and it's doing really, really well. So this was a case where it was a great idea, a great entrepreneur. Now, he was a first-time entrepreneur, right? Ryan had never started a company before. In fact, he'd never worked in a company before because he had come out of the New York City Department of Transportation where he worked in their bike share system. So wow. this was a, so a lot of investors early on were sort of scared off because Ryan didn't have the, the background. I mean I mean, he had, he had driven a New York horse and carriage, believe it or not, before that. Wow. Uh, uh, so he didn't have startup experience. But I sensed in him somebody who was really smart, really dedicated, he had his own cash in here, he had friends and family cash in here, he had gotten a long way on a little bit of of resources, and I I saw something in him that I really, really liked, and we call it betting the jockey, not the horse. So the combination for me of a, a platform play, which is what this is, based on the way the world is changing with, the, with exponentially advancing technology, which is one of my, my key areas, combined with an entrepreneur in whom I had, had real faith, um, you know, pushed it over the edge. And it's been a, a pleasure since then.
0: This episode of TFR is brought to you by Brex. Your startup is going to change the world, and the right corporate card will get you there even faster. Pacific Western's customized products and team of venture banking specialists provides a banking experience designed specifically with startups and VCs in mind. If you run a tech company or if you invest in tech companies, it's strongly advisable that you build a relationship with the folks at Pacific Western. Go to pacwest.com to learn more. On today's special segment, we have Tom Tunguz. Tom, can you walk us through a situation where you did decide to invest, what the key factors were that led you to yes, and how that investment has worked out so far?
3: Absolutely. So I'd highlight a company called Looker, which is a business intelligence company based in Santa Cruz. And it's founded by this great guy named Lloyd Tab, who himself has a remarkable career. He actually wrote the first application server uh, in the mid-90s and sold it to Netscape and then went to become a, a serial founder at a handful of different businesses, Looker being the last one. And we first heard of Looker because we were investors in a, an e-commerce company called Thredup, uh, which was sells secondhand clothes. And so now they process like twenty thousand items of clothing a day, so it's a very operationally intense business. And I think they were the first Looker customer, and I'll never forget—you know—the first time I saw all this data about the warehouses that we were operating in a board meeting. So the ThreadUp CEO, we, you know, the board asks uh, James, as the CEO at ThreadUp, a question about, "Hey, what's going on inside of our warehouses?" And James pulls up Looker, and it was a revelation. And that was the first time we'd heard about it. And then not long afterwards a friend of mine who was vp of product at hotel tonight emailed me and said hey we we just we just installed looker and our sales teams have gone from unprofitable to profitable overnight because now they understand exactly what they need to do in order to achieve their targets right wow. and so i mean i mean <laughs> i immediately reached out to lloyd and we set up a meeting and you know he'll tell you this moment where you know he's he's 5 minutes into the pitch and there's like a light bulb that goes off in my head he shows me why looker is so different right and it has this beautiful technology underneath. It's got this modeling technology, which is a huge differentiator. And so we had this moment, we were like, boom, we were on the same wavelength. And, and then you know, I was like, well, we have to invest in this business because this is the way databases and business intelligence are going. So we did a bunch, You know, we did as much work as we possibly could and we heard on the references exactly the same thing, which is we installed Looker, 60 to 80% of the, comp- of the employees in the company use it on a weekly basis and we couldn't live without it. And so we did everything we could to lead that round and we were really fortunate to be able to invest in the
0: company it's amazing how the timing works out on some of these things I, the biggest frustration i have is when something like that happens but it's too late you know i'm finding out about it too late or they just got funding
3: <laughs> <laughs> that's the worst <laughs> oh that those are tough days you know you're just like one step behind
0: yeah That will wrap up this installment of Investor Stories. Head over to thefullratchet.net to leave a comment, sign up for the newsletter, or find resources discussed on any of the episodes. Until next time, remember to over-prepare, choose carefully, and invest confidently. Thanks for listening.